Welcome to episode 26 of the Pro Painted Podcast. Um, once again, I'm doing the intro because these two guys get really cockshy for some bizarre reason. Um, so I've managed to, as I said on Twitter, we've got the lads together. The crew has reformed. Lads, lads, lads. Lads, 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 um, So as you can hear, the we will say apologies in advance for any sound issues. Um, as you heard Rob in the background, and Rob, you are recording from... Um, Premier in East Grinstead. Fantastic. Excellent. So, potential sound quality issues, but I think we should be all right. You sound pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no different to my uh, normal setup, uh, dear listeners. So, um, yeah, I think I think we'll be fine. Brilliant. And no, um, no, like, kettle. Well, I suppose there is a kettle in the room. Probably wouldn't give it a go. Old school TBS. Probably been full of piss at some point. <laughs> yeah, um, I have actually. I did actually rinse it out early just in case. To give it a go. And um, we're also joined by Mr. Gilmore. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, Matt. Fantastic. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Um, and how, how have you been? Any any noteworthy comments since we last recorded? No. Ian? Yeah, interesting. Ian. You know, we, no. know, we know your situation, Ian's... No, don't yeah. think so. Very Ian. He's going to have his new gaff soon, isn't he? You have his new hobby room and that. Very exciting. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, me too. See, we'll I talk about hobby rooms. I've just, I've came to this realisation that now Jen's into the hobby, we have a dining room table, <laughs> and it's a bit like, I could probably at some point convince her to get one of those sweet gaming tables. Because normally you'd have your wife go, we're not spending that amount of money on a table, that's ridiculous. What would you use it for? What would you do when we have guests? But now Jen actually plays, I've got a feeling I might be able to wrangle it at some point. That's pretty sweet. We get what those like, really, really, really nice ones that are like got yeah. like compartments in it and stuff, and that are purpose built. Like. Exactly, it's like a table, but then you you slide everything off, and then it's the gaming surface underneath, and that'd be pretty legit. Yeah, that's fucking that'd be cool. Just just a little thought I had the other day. And um, yeah. how, how are, you, are you guys keeping up with Game of Thrones? You watching Game of Thrones at the moment? I am, uh, and I got to, I got I accidentally got to what I accidentally sort of well, I didn't think it was much of a spoiler. But I uh, I put something on Twitter in response to the not the most recent one but the one before and I got told off uh, for putting that on. Oh dear. Uh, Jack Jack went all dad mode on me and uh, gave me gave me a smack bottom. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have been watching. I had to bump the contrast up on my TV. Not contrast, sorry, brightness. Uh, a couple of episodes back, I think that's become a bit meme worthy now, isn't it? And, mm. Ian, you've been watching. Um, I don't watch Game of Thrones. No. So, well, no. Spoilers. I don't watch that nerd shit. Spoilers. Um, Last I... season, pile of shit. Big steaming warm pile of shit. Anyway, that's my Game of Thrones comments. Um, I've read the books, and the books are very good. Yeah, well, that's basically um, when the books stop, and... when the TV series starts going off the cliff. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting for the next book to be released, and hopefully he doesn't die. Yeah. Well, that's his process, yeah. though. That's how his content is so good because of what he goes through, and it kind of it does show in these later series again. What do you buy about you, Rob? You've been in, you, I like I enjoy them. I enjoy watching them as TV, but I I can't think about it anymore. No, it kind of it it it's one of those where I think um, because oh well, I don't know we're not a Game of Thrones sort of review podcast or anything no, I have just, certain just thoughts Every, on it, but everybody's I, talking about Game of Thrones at the moment yeah I, I think it's a bit I think it's probably um, suffered from veering off a little bit and I, I think uh, it probably could have 
I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's dragged out a little bit. I mean, just kind of like I'm, I'm sort of due diligence watching the last ones because, you know, well, I've come this far and I so I might as well. Um, and, and you know, and, 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 and very much, well, very much stark contrast. Hey, stark, get it? Um, contrast um, to Endgame, which I've not seen Endgame. It was like. Well, no, but it, and, and it's not spoiling anything. No, it's not spoiling anything, but it's probably one of the most satisfying conclusions to a story arc. That you know, it's probably it's, you know probably not my favourite Marvel movie standalone, but as a, as a like end of season finale, as it were, as it can probably be best sort of you know described as or, or you know as an analogy. It's a very very good. So you kind of you've got that, you know, you've got that in, on your palate, and you're going, you're watching Game of Thrones, try and do it, and it's kind of it's almost come out at the wrong time <laughs> because people are so yeah. high off the back of how well they, how well Marvel have done it. That, um, it's the geek triumvirate you know, at the moment, isn't it? It's kind of war gaming. <laughs> war gaming's a big thing. Marvel's a big thing, like with Endgame, like you say, coming coming to the end yeah. of the end of a cycle, and then you got Game of Thrones being a big thing. That's it. That's that's the nerd triumvirate. Yeah. Hmm. Was well, TV, gaming, and film, isn't it? I guess I suppose yeah, you could suppose. say. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So we'll crack on to the usual the usual jazz. So Ian, I know you've obviously Jeez. got an awful awful lot going on. How, how yeah. you, you you have been doing a bit of hobby though? We have seen a little bit of work from you. Yeah, I did some. Well, I've done some I've, um, done some tyranids, finished oh, some home. So I finished some homogons. So I've got forty of those little Fucking buggers man. painted. How have you? Just nice. out of interest, because those models were designed never to be able to stand up on their twenty-five mil bases. Yeah, have I've noticed got, this. Have you got around this somehow? Um, I haven't yet. What I am going to do is um, I got some old lead pipe. And I'm going to cut it up and put some at the back of one of all the bases. Uh, you glue get, it on. You so get it's going to um, lead pipe. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Don't try that at home, kids. Um, yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to make Fair it. Um, so the back of the base, I'm going to make lo- a lot amazing. heavier. Yeah. So it's comfortable weight. Um, Not really so seen any of your tyranids. You should, uh, should should share them with us at some point. Um, they're fairly basic. They're not. They're not. They're never intended to be a like a high quality um, level. They high end tabletop. Good. So. Well, that's, that's, that's um, great. They are right. They are right. I assume they're um, Leviathan being the main DW. Which one's that? The main one, the creamy one. Um, no, it's the um, what? Behemoth. Oh, it is um, one. Of the the, the uh, red and black with the blue cool. highlights. Um, done that. Done two traitor guard from Blackstone Fortress. Yeah, those look really is nice. Literally copying, literally copying the box art, which I really enjoyed doing. <laughs> um, and I've done. I finished one Boing Grot Bounder, which um, is alright. Yeah, so happy with that. Yeah, really so, nice. so yeah, just been chipping away at various different things, and I've um, I've um, decided just to buy a Death Guard army for oh, okay. 40k. Oh, so. So, Sweet. Yeah. Should let me go. I've so, got one. So I've got, yeah, I've because I realised that they, I like all the models and you can do a whole army with no duplicates. Mm. So. I mean, one mm. thing I will say is if, if if you'd be tempted, that Conquest magazine is really worth picking up. Yeah, I've been, um, 
picked up. I'm going to get some of the future stuff via the Conquest because mm. I think Typhus is coming up yeah, in the future. Yeah, play crawler as well. Uh, the tank. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So it's quite um, yeah. Keep an eye on it. And the, it's on Warhammer community today. There's going to be a the Space Marine heroes. They're going to do some Death Guard of that, which is you know the blind boxes. Yeah. There's so much money though. Uh, like even just. Yeah. So yeah, probably try to pick them up on eBay. Yeah, they still they still sell for a lot. Uh, I because I I run Blood Angels, so yeah, trying to pick up the Terminators and stuff for that. It's just people just want silly money for them. So I don't know. Oh, they they haven't been released in the UK though yet, have they? That's no, it's just Japan. It's the same even with just the basic Space Marine ones. Oh, okay. Um, when you want to, people are charging ten, twelve pound for a tactical Marine. You're like, uh, no thanks. Um, but what what I wanted to ask is, you're talking about painting the so it was a bounder that you painted, was it? Or was it one of the knights? Yeah. Um, it was one of the yeah the bind drop bounders, which are like the knight ones. Yeah, with the lances. So obviously you painted, you've kind of upscaled a lot of your older kind of knight goblin models to kind of uh, bring them more up to date with what you're aiming for with your glooms by gets how have you found in comparison painting that newer kit have you if you found it a much more enjoyable process like overall um not really no. to be honest no very fairly similar it's a it's not that i don't think it's a dramatic change of aesthetic from the oh so from this you know it's essentially a ball the squig is essentially a ball of flesh with some teeth so it's essentially the same concept. Mm. There's not much change in the actual night goblins. So it's, yeah, it's fine. It's um, plastic, which is nicer generally. Mm. Um, but overall, yeah, enjoy quite enjoyed it. But yeah, no real difference to the. Um, I didn't seem to enjoy it more than the, the no. last ones. How yeah, do you how do you find good. kind of tackling those kind of those? Like you say about the the squig itself. It's quite a. F- it's detailed, but it's quite, there's quite large flat areas. How have you found kind of painting those? How do you tend to tackle it? Because obviously it can be quite difficult to get a nice a nice finish sometimes. I struggle. I know I do. Um, I do. My squigs are, um, the flesh is all yellow, mm. um, which I do, I'm not sure if it's a weird way, but um, I do build it up. Like over, I start with the... Um, the base, the Avalon Sunset. Okay, yeah. Is that the right one? Yeah. Um, start with that. To, um, which, yeah, was it? It's the, the flash gets yellow mm-hmm. over the top. Um, add in bone. So build up the highlights that way. And then once it's got to the fi- final highlight, then I wash it with the yellow wash. So it creates the um, very deep yellow um, colour but it sort of tra- makes the transitions of the flat areas a lot nice smoother as well um, so quite enjoy that that's quite straightforward to do yeah. um, blend, blend is that the Casadori yellow you use uh, yes it is it's funny because yeah. I, I, I've got it but I don't use it very often because I always find myself going to Lamenta's yellow yeah the glaze so I really like that yeah I use that a lot as well but not it doesn't give the same uh, and it, it creates the depth as well. Yeah, actually, I've so just realised pretty... I've just opened my pot, <laughs> Casadoria. It's been sat there and I haven't even used it because of the lamentas, which I love. Yeah. Um, so do that, and then um, the end, of, the underneath the belly is um, like a, it goes into like a uh, bone colour, 
quite pale. Yeah. So I just wet, so I just wet blend that using um, just multiple layers of just add some start off with a bone colour and just add some white into it. So yeah, really yeah, straightforward. I've been doing done squigs of quite a few over the years, so it's quite so used to the experienced squig handler. I am yeah yeah I love um, you know fiddling with my squigs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there we are that's the payoff that's the last 10 is. minutes of, of conversation talk about to come to a, a double entendre about I was, squigs I was, I was hoping for a bit of goblin you know <laughs> hey, fancy a gobby um, what about the, what about the next month or so Ian Any, obviously you've said well you said off off radio um, off air that um, you've got your move coming up but have you got anything kind of in your in your mind you're planning to kind of work on over the next month or so um, probably going to do. I'm going to just potter around with different things. Um, going to do some. I'm quite going to do the Blackstone Fortress set. Like get through that. So probably do some Trader Guard. Might do some witch shelves. Do some squig stuff. Yeah, just do some. Just you know, no massive plan at the moment. It's yeah. quite liberating. Yeah, that's just doing what doing doing what I fancy, and you know, just get things ticking over. Just reduce the grey pile slowly. Hmm. Yeah, a worthwhile goal in in of itself. So, go on then, Rob. What what have you been up to? What have you been? We've had two bank holiday weekends since we last recorded. So, hopefully, a bit. Of- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, I, I was going to uh, ask Ian a couple of questions actually about how he's been cracking on, especially with. Um, I know it's obviously not AOS figures and stuff, but with the um, Traitor Guard, did you? Is there a specific scheme that you? Do you just eyeball the colour scheme, or yeah, is there like a a, a palette, like a swatch that you that you copied? Um, I just um, uh, did it by eye, looking at the pictures yeah. on the on the white dwarf, and then just um, essentially guessed like kind of um, a rough um, palette based on yeah the based on experience more than anything. Um, they're not exactly like for like. But it's but when you put them to, yeah. when you put them side by side, you can see that you know they're fairly similar. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wasn't didn't really um, you know, go massively in depth trying to work out exactly what it is. Just get the same. I quite like the the scheme, like the, the multiple shades of um, brown, so greys. Um, so yeah. yeah, I just yeah I did it by eye. Yeah, rather than trying to get up to the T. Talk about sound quality, Ian. You're a bit scratchy. I don't know if you've just you've just laid down in your chaise lounge, cracked open a, cracked a bottle of wine, and just laid there chatting away. Um, I haven't. More's the pity. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, it's, yeah. it's gone now. Maybe there's just an ant crawling over your microphone. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of yeah, just the yeah, I'm, I'm just guest essentially. Yeah. So because it's something that. Um, I, when I, I, there's, I, I've started, um, obviously finished the shields on the, on the Chirocacolite, so cracking on with my Zinch, um, and the shields are done. Uh, and again, as I said, we said last episode, kind of over, or underestimated rather, how, um, how complex miniatures the, uh, Chirocacolites actually are. Um, especially with uh, some of the extra bits and bobs that I've, I've done a couple of reposes and um, 
not that would matter, but uh, there's some sort of some claimy bits to represent the sorcerer's bolts that they're casting and stuff. Um, so I, I kind of decided to rather than try and knock all twenty on the head, um, is to actually do. Them, I, I'm thinking maybe two lots of ten, and probably do four lots of five, and then do other things in between. Obviously, still stick with the zinch. You know the the, the the process of getting that army completed, so I won't sort of divert from that project at all. But perhaps um, obviously, if I started the Gaunt Summoner, so I've got that. But I can, you know, if I get sick of that, I can go and I can do some cleric acolytes. Um, I started putting together the pink horrors and the brimstones and the blue horrors, um, which you know I can you know, spray up and sort of do the highlights on with the, all the brushwork and that. Um, obviously, you get the, the enlightened bill. And, um, you know, just to have, have uh, a smorgasbord of siege stuff on the table, as it were, um, that I can dip in and out of if I, you know, my, atten- my attention span lapses with any of the other models. I mean, the benefit um, you do have with Zinch is that the models, you, you definitely can't accuse the models of not being interesting to paint. So that that's at least a benefit. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, and again, it's, uh, I, I was kind of thinking, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, potentially have, you know, there's always a danger of if you, you know, go back, you know, if you split a unit up like that, then, you know, you just naturally get better with, you know, as you go through painting an army, you, you know, because you are painting and you're getting better because you're painting more than, you know, they, and especially if it's over a long period of time, and you know, we mentioned this, or I mentioned it when you know about even with Bellacor and how long I took to paint him, there were certain, you know, I had to go back, you know, the the last lot of edge highlights on his black armor were that much crisper, and then on some of the separate arcs, obviously he was built in sub assembly, so like the thigh armor, black inlays in that where they were edge highlighted, they were done right at the beginning of me painting him. And then there were obviously parts of the black armor that I did right towards the end. And the edge highlighting, the, you know, the crispness of it was night and day. So, you know, I had to go back and, and upscale those edge highlights to make sure they didn't look too different. And that was kind of my worry about, you know, splitting units up and painting them at different times is that, you know, there'll be certain miniatures within that unit that would look markedly better than the others. But I think because the army is you know all the same you know it's pretty much the same color scheme all the way through i don't think that will necessarily be a problem it'd probably be more of a problem if i was switching different projects yeah i think it's i think there's um doing 20 in one go is its own set of challenges yeah because you naturally lose interest and like um, the, the, yeah, the last last lot might not be as good as the first lot the the 20th is not going to be as good as the first I think it's six or one half dozen the other. I think that's the rule with armies. It's interesting. I think in a single model, Rob can very much be right. You know, particularly where you're coming to the end and you're not in a rush. You don't feel that rush to finish it. But I think across an army, I think you tend to do your your best painting. Maybe actually at the start, I think that's where you've got your most interest. And then make because you, I think a lot of it is refining the process of painting. So you become more efficient towards the end of the the end of the journey of painting. But what you may be doing is kind of cutting out a couple of stages, which ultimately across an army, nobody would notice. 
but you individually, you'll notice it between your models. Yeah, definitely. I think um, my, my definitely my uh, Sylvaneth army, whatever, um, certainly suffered from that, uh, as well as the fact that a lot of models were being painted to a deadline. Um, you know, you, you just you speed up and you naturally kind of not spending as much time as you perhaps like on it. So I know that there's, um, you know, and I've, you know, you always say I'll go back and tart them up a bit more, but it never happens. But the the, the blades on the are nowhere near as good. I know they're nowhere near as good as I can do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, sure. Even even back, you know, a year and a half, two years ago when I did them, you know, certainly um, I could do them a lot better now. But even back then. Never hadn't rushed those. Um, so I think it was for Tommy B that I was getting them done because the, the, we had the I had the dryads and the two centerpieces done pretty much for Partners in Chaos when we when I first played with it. But then had to do like twelve Colonel Hunters in a couple of months for Tommy B. So that's and that, you know that, that, good little segue. Obviously, we've had the we've now over the last couple of days had the real teasers you know the the leaked information about sylvaneth coming we kind of knew it was because of loon curse um we've seen this in the past with the other box sets we've then seen feck and skaven for example and gloom spike gits arrive um, yeah so with your old army so for those that maybe aren't fully up to date um give us a just a little bit of an overview of your actual fully painted army and maybe whether the new the, the, the teasers of the new souvenir do, do actually tempt you to get that back on the board again what, what are you thinking oh right yeah 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 and um, well i mean yeah it's a good point actually because it has been something that i was thinking so i um back in the day it all stemmed from um like many of not saying many of my projects and i guess many of my abandoned projects and the ones that i'm working through it all um <laughs> it all it all stems from like quite a big centerpiece conversion, um, and I'd done a conversion of uh, a forest dragon um, that originally was just something that I was going to do. Done in the end of eighth, uh, and I had I kind of had it there, and I remember sort of having that on on sort of the back burner or just on hold indefinitely. And the new Sylvaneth book got got launched, and it was like, oh, cool, you know, I, you know, so I can do some Sylvaneth. I can have this in there because it had pretty good. The Forest Dragon had pretty well bent rules, to be fair, <laughs> as well, which um, certainly uh, you know worked as a crutch for my lesser gaming ability. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, uh, from the sort of fluff and some of the models and, and whatnot, I did a um, accounts as Celestian Prime based on a like a or a, a reborn Orion, um, which I thought was pretty cool at the time, and uh, yeah, so that kind of led then you know picked up a few of the Sylvaneth, uh, well picked up the entire range, but end up did a Law Master conversion as well, um, so it became more of a mixed order army with um, you know uh, Sylvaneth elements in it, and at the time. Um, like Kenneth Hunters were quite cheap and there wasn't um there was a lot the abilities are quite broader across armies so you could synergize easier. Yeah, across it was very things much like the, mixed order. The heyday of mixed order, wasn't it? It was Yeah. I mean now you know as much as I I raged against it because you there were in, 
really strong options in certain armies and builds of, of certain things. Um, it's unusual now that you see a mixed list. I think, um, and, and it's uh, well quite evident now with uh, with what they've done with, you know, obviously they just tweak a few keywords here and there, and then all of a sudden things become redundant. I mean, you know, with uh, my sort of Slanesh uh, Archeon list has taken a massive hit because he hasn't got a head knight keyword. Um, he's got the Slanesh keyword. So it's uh, you know he doesn't benefit from anything that the Slanesh army does currently. Hopefully they'll perhaps do something more with mortals when the when the elves get released. But yeah, that's um, yeah. So um, I mean, I still do a, a faction. I mean, it was never meant to be a competitive army, but to give you an idea of, of the you know how good mixed order were at the time, I, I, when I took it to Faceham, I think I came top twenty five in <laughs> Faceham, and anyone knows my gaming ability. Well, no, that's like obviously a, a couple of soft scores in there as well. But I did I did quite well with that army, so that was kind of like the peak Byron mixed order sort of level. And I rode that wave, baby. I rode that wave <laughs> um, to, to my highest spot. But again, like you said, I mean, we you know it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of a thing with what we've spoken about. You know, it's a it's an oft talked about conversion idea of doing you know uh, doing like a um a phoenix you know leaf, leafy phoenix um looking at the looking at the um some of the models and, and the my i tweeted a picture of it I, I did some free guild arch conversions obviously with the wrong size bases based off of a uh, tree revenants um holding like the fiery bows from the old sisters of the sisters of the thorn kit um, that they did, the old, which uh, was the, the, no, it's the old pussy darts, isn't it? It's the um, I can't remember what they're called now. It's the on foot archers, isn't it? That's the one, yeah, the one that the double kit with the shadow warriors, yeah, um, and like the flaming bows, and they look quite good. You paint them ethereal, and they kind of match with the tree revenants of being a spirit and stuff. And lo and behold, Underworld Warband comes out, Tree Revenant with a bow. And then this special character, and if anyone's seen my Forest Dragon, he's a Tree Revenant kind of lord with a Kurnoth, with a with a Wild Rider champion head. Yeah. So he's got that sort of Kurnoth theme, because I was, you know, Kurnoth and Orion and all the rest of it. That was kind of the theme of the army. And lo and behold, it's basically him on foot with some wings. Um, he's got a shield and a and a glaive and everything. Um, so I don't know if GW have got like cameras uh, sort of dotted around my man cave and they're you taking bet, inspiration. You better hope not. But, well, yeah, no, Christ, no. Um, but no, then... I'm trying to blackmail you with that uh, that video footage, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's looking at the, you know. You don't want everyone to know you're in suitcase born. No, no, um, certainly not. I, I think I think um, seeing the new stuff, there's going to be. It looks. I think there's leaked pictures of a new tree kit. So I think it's probably going to be more in line with how the normal works, where you just get like one tree. I actually might... think it's. It could be. I think you're right. Like the, I think the tree is going to be like that. That persistent piece of terrain the army gets, but it could also yeah. be like corn where it's it's summoned like the worm summoned. So you could be summoned. Oh, it might be. Yeah, yeah. So maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. But there's an option there. One thing I was yeah. going to say about your Sylvaneth, your forest dragon. Is that on the same size base as Alariel? It's not, no, oh. unfortunately. Which again, it was it was a thought. You can do that, right? 
Oh yeah, I could read, but I mean, to be fair, the, the, it up. wouldn't be too hard to rebase. You could just trim the prime. The, the base is prime smaller. Material. Yeah, well, the the, the the base is actually it's it's one of the old um, big you know the oval monster bases that the dragons do come on. So you could trim the edge off and just plonk it down and build up the edges a bit, and you wouldn't have to actually take it off the base. Um, it, you know, as it, as it is. So yeah, I think uh, you could perhaps use it as that. Yeah, um, and it might, you know, that might be something. I, just, I, I, I know that if I did that though, that I'd want to go back and I'd want to completely redo the dryads. Right. I think they're the weakest part of the army, um, and I'd want to upscale the. I think that you know, leave the prime and the forest dragon and the, uh, you know, as they are, but it, it would mean redoing because Colonel Hunters have got have gotten quite good now as well. They've gone a bit better, I think, looking at the war scrolls, um, but it would mean. So it wouldn't be too. I mean, it'd probably be about a, you know, a, a couple of weeks' work to get it done. But I'd want to do. I'd want to redo the dryads, um, which would be the the backbreaker. I mean, maybe if they, you know, if it's a, you know, tree, you know, small MSU tree revenants mater a thing, then maybe go down that route. Definitely, they know. they seem really good. Tree revenants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, I mean, the, the free might be a thing. whenever they feel like it, nine inches away is is legitimate. Yeah, but I mean, the the thing, I mean, I I really want to, especially now with Slanesh out, um, you know, I've, uh, you know, got sort of things lined up for the the Charla conversion and all the rest of it. They'll probably be the next one that I do after I finish the Zinch. But again, the Zinch, you know, I've mapped it out. They're probably not going to be done, probably won't even be done for Facehammer. So, you know, that you're probably looking, you know, by the time that they're done, there's a good chance that there's going to be the high elves. They'll they'll Light be elves. the yeah. So I'll 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 they'll probably be the army that you know I've always said I wouldn't mind giving the actual game a go. Um, they might be a bit more of a not a, a quick sort of slapdash or paint job, but certainly you know I think that obviously the biggest thing and you know we joke about it, but um, I quite like to. You, you, you mentioned it not so long ago, but I quite like to paint an army from just and you know no conversions, just put um, put an army together. It's you know, similar to how Chris has approached his order Draconis that he's just done. Just get an army, get a build, get it built, and just get it painted. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing I will say about Chris's, we'll we'll get on to mentioning Chris's order Traconis Armist a bit more um, when we talk about South Coast, but um, it's interesting because people see it as a quick army, you know, a quick army that he painted, but because of the nature of what he's doing at the moment, there's still hundreds of hours gone into that army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just a it's period really of time. Nice. Um, and something I've just noticed as well, I have warned him, but uh, listeners may wonder that Ian's a little bit quiet, and on Skype, <laughs> mute, on Skype, I can now see who's on mute. And Ian's currently on mute, and I'm not sure he's realised. So hopefully, he may rejoin us at some point when he realises um, how to unmute. Oh, oh, oh! Have I, have I, have I just drawn him in? Ian? Um, yeah, it wasn't deliberate. Hello. I went, went full, uh, but I didn't. I didn't actually. Um, contribute anything so you didn't miss anything <laughs> fair enough, <laughs> so. fair enough. Well, at least you know you're on mute that's what matters brilliant rob's infectious but yeah so i mean i, I think uh, i've got a uh, um a, again even though the the, the slanesh thing you know it was it was probably one of um 
given the, the way Sinesh were working just before the new book, it was actually put out of the four gods. It, the, the Sinesh archie on this was quite was quite good. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said and, about, and about the, Archeon not working with the head knights. Actually, I hadn't I hadn't clicked um, that was the case. And actually, I just did a quick quick look at the Keeper of Secrets War Scroll. And you are right. Um, yeah. But the, obviously, the interesting thing about the Archeon is that he doesn't. Although he has the Slanesh keyword, he doesn't. There's no elements of him that relate to Slanesh. Yeah, so there's a couple, a, there's a couple of Nurgle, spells. Zinch and Corn. No, I mean the actual model because they're three. Heads. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Three, the yeah, three-headed yeah, yeah. beasts yeah. are, you know, it's Corn, Nurgle, and Zinch. There is no Slanesh yeah. head. So yeah, he's got a couple of um, on his shield. He's got a Slanesh symbol. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, room. For sure. And, and there's there's still little nods. I think the um, there's a couple of spells in the. And not to get too much into the game side of things, but there's a couple of spells that in the Head Knight book that still work on Slanesh demons, which he has the keyword of. So um, it's uh, you know there's still a bit of play in there. But uh, the, the one the one thing that is missing, and I'm gutted for because it was going to be in the army and not. Uh, I mean, obviously a quite good effect in game, but um, is was the, the Slanesh Lord on Demonic Mount now. Um, he, from my initial looks, he still exists. Just they he's not in the app. No, but that's I'm pretty sure he's got a war scroll in the Chaos Grand Alliance book. Yeah, great. Yeah, so he does. Yeah, that's it's valid. I don't know why they took him off the app. He still has points in the current version of the, of the General's Handbook. Um, it's specifically his model's not on the site anymore. Doesn't matter. So he's still yeah. a legal unit. Um, oh, okay. The the to be fair, the app is I use the army builder, which I know a lot of people don't. But actually, it's it's getting a I bit like of a pain. In the, it getting a pain in. The, well, no, I use Azure. On oh, the app, Azure. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I like having my list saved and stuff, but it's getting a bit of a pain in the dick because it feels like the person who's uploading these changes every army book isn't just doesn't seem to understand the game and not being the, thorough enough well the fact that that war scroll has been deleted is just so everyone's eyes like, oh, doesn't exist anymore so yeah no it still does it's still got a printed war scroll we can still use it it's still got points if we get yeah. the next general's handbook and there's no points for him then you can't use him anymore but that's yeah yeah that, that's not the scenario so he still exists mate still he's still around and worst yeah. case scenario you can always use him as a chaos lord on demonic steed with the marcus lanesh yeah, true, true. That guy still exists. Um, he's pretty, he's pretty legit. Okay, uh, well, I mean, yeah. So uh, there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, kind of rattling on with the hobby. Uh, I mean, one thing that I against um, mentioned was um, the reason why I asked Ian as well was I uh, quite enjoyed um, painting the four. Started to paint the four little familiars that come with the Gaunt Summoner. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And it's, it's yeah, and it's just such. Um, there's a couple of paint schemes on there that you know you eyeball a couple of the schemes and because there's not a, there's not many photos of them now because obviously the familiars came with silver tower um they're not they haven't got any 360 pictures on the website they're quite you do get a couple of photos of them um but there's a couple of uh colors colors used on them that are quite hard to hard to eyeball and they're probably mixes um but i've got you know again i've mixed up some and got as close to it as possible but just having the juxtaposition of working on something like Bellacor for so long and I'm being such a massive figure, literally, and, and just having a teeny tiny little dude that yeah. 
you know, you're pour, you pouring just as almost almost as much love and care into, but you know, you, the time to you know, you could probably I could probably sit down and depending on which one it is, because I want to I want to try and do the as much of the um, on the book one, do much of the you know the symbols and the writing and stuff, but you know, you could probably finish all four of them in in one sitting quite easily, you know, and um, you, yeah, you, I mean, you've got it there. The benefit with small models like that is the you can you can feel like you're putting a lot of time in, but small small amounts of um, dedication to something because it's such a small model, it, you get a lot out of it. Yeah, and they're also very much individual. They're all individuals, aren't they? So you're not. It's not like you. It's not doesn't get repetitive. No, the um, only one I don't like just, is the the wanky one with the school the the stormcast. Yeah, he's the one I haven't. He's really the only one out of the four that. Yeah, he's the only one out of the four that I haven't stopped painting. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, I think it's because it's the yellow, it's the big yellow head. So maybe I'll uh, use some of Ian's uh, advice on how he's done his uh, squigs and, yeah. and approach that in the same you. way. So yeah, yeah, happy days. Yeah. Easy. Squibble. Yeah, the only other thing that I'm quite proud of that I've worked on and the brushes that I've got. I mean, the rough these uh, Raphael. 8404s they're, they're like the, the best brushes I've ever had in my life you get you get size 2 and you can do so much with it I mean it's a, it was a brush that was recommended I think we shouted them out a couple of episodes ago uh, the Miniac uh, the guy who does a lot of the painting stuff on, on YouTube um, he recommended them and it's also a brush that uh, Gareth Nichols um, uses on his really cool stuff so I thought I'd give them a go because I've never I've, you know I've bought multiple sets of Wins and Newton Series Sevens, miniature ones and standard ones, and they've they've never worked for me. Um, so I thought I'd give this this brush set a go, and they, they're working really well. Um, but the, trying my hand out on just hand brush blending and doing those feathers for the front of the Gaunt Summoner on his kind of feathery tabard or loincloth or whatever you want to call it that hangs down Good over face. the front of this. Yeah, over its feathery cod piece. Um, I think I don't. I mean, obviously, you guys have seen the pictures. I think that, like, I I did the the same thing going on, putting them on my iPad and blowing up and checking the blends and whatnot. But I think they've uh, they've come out really well. And going from sort of like a deep macrag blue through screamer pink through pink horror to a shabty bone is um yeah, they it was a it was a bit of a challenge, but. you know glazing down is i've always found easy uh so if you uh, first starting off on a mid-tone and blazing glazing down to a, a darker color is obviously easier um a lot of the time but glazing up is can, can be quite tricky and it's all about getting your consistency right before you apply it to the model um yeah i mean i, I don't know what you guys think and it's only a small part of the model but I think um, I'm really happy with how that's come out. So, yeah, yeah. It, look, it looks really nice, and it is a standout, standout part of the model. I'd be interested yeah. when you get to the, the the heady crown of eyes, because actually the detail is it's it's a very soft on that. So I'd be interested to see yeah. how you how you deal with that when you get there. Yeah, I think I'm thinking with the skin starting. I think uh, something from Duncan. It was uh, like a starting off on like a like a fang. And then working up through Space Wolf Grey and then into, into the blues, like on light blues on the highlights. I think that'd be quite interesting to do that. And it's, it's, it's nice to, you know, have quite a highly detailed character model, 
but it not, but it be, you know, so similar to Bellacore, but it'd be tiny in comparison. Uh, you know, you feel like you're getting a lot more done. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's great. I, you know, I can't wait to start on. I've got to convert up my, well, finish converting the Fate Master um, out of the bits and bobs that I've got left over from the Araman kit. Um, sort of smash that up with a bit of the bo- bits of bobs of the Varen Guard and stuff. Um, and, you know, I need to finish actually. I mean, that'll be, that'll take an afternoon to do. You know, it's not, it's, it's pretty much the visions there. It's just getting the green stuff done and whatnot. So, He'll be not, you know, he'll be one of the interesting ones. The, the pain in the bum with him, I don't know if you've, I mean, obviously you've, you've assembled plenty of Inlight and Sky Flies and stuff. Yep. Uh, I, have, I haven't got around to assembling them yet. But with the with the Araman one, you, like the flame bit that holds up the disc is like, you, there's no way of sub-assembling that because the way it goes together you <laughs> like yeah. you put one flamey bit here. through one hold yeah you put one flamey bit through one the top bit and then one through the bottom and you glue them and then you sort of fix the disc to the top and it's there is no way of sub-assembling that so that's going to be a bit of a, a challenge but again it's, it's you know assembled. it's all sort of stuff like that well, I did yeah. um, before you. Obviously, you're you're trying to take all this credit for a fake master thing. Obviously, I I did mine on it. I did yeah, yeah. The, the exalted sorcerer kit instead. So yeah, very very similar. But yeah, so that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm where, assembled. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, and that's uh, I'm kind of that's pretty much. I mean, I'm trying to think. There's there's other bits and bobs. Perhaps uh, it might come up in questions that people have asked or whatnot. But uh, there are some other sort of things that I was looking to try, but they're, they're not going to be on projects that There's no listener questions. We're just here to chat. I'm going to talk about South Coast a bit and what I've been up to, and that's it. So whatever you yeah. talk about, you talk about. Well, I mean, yeah, there, there was, well, there's one, and I'm, I was meant to sort of mention it on the previous uh, episode that we did, but it was about a, a technique using glazing, um, where I've seen a lot of, and it was more for... Um, you know, so I was going to do this samurai bust for my dad. So I've been looking into kind busty of samurai. More to, I bet your dad will look <laughs> busty samurai. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, I've always wanted um, a busty samurai in the front room. Cheeky crack one off. Well, yeah, but then well, they've been divorced for twenty five years, so I don't think she'd give a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, that's probably what did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh fucking! You're not encouraging, are you, Rob? Um, so look, looking into sort of this more ruined our marriage. To... Stop rubbing it. In. <laughs> no, yeah. no, he's rubbing it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so looking into techniques of, of painting larger scale, but not like obviously stuff like larger scale as in bellicore larger scale, but stuff where the details largest. Um, but larger scale, like like busts, and you know, looking at Busty techniques samurai. that. Oh, shut up, Matthew. Um, <laughs> you're putting me off. Uh, but th- there was one thing, and I'd get to it, and it's, it's kind of something that I've, I, I think I've seen other people do, but I'm not 100% sure, so sorry if I'm not shouting you out. But it's you, you paint the miniature or you paint an, uh, 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 an object on the miniature, whatever you're doing, in grayscale, and then you blend. Uh, sorry, then sorry, then you glaze. Yeah. With different glazes to get the colour, so you do the contrast and shading and the highlighting. It's, it's similar to you know zenithal stuff and 
you know, people doing zenithal highlights and then and doing glazes to bring the colour in, but on a slightly more controlled scale. So you'd because basically the point I'm trying to make is sometimes it's quite hard if you want to do, say for instance, you want to do long metallic metal blue armour. Sometimes it'd be quite hard to know what shades of blue to work your way through if you're doing the blends in blue, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be easier to do all your gradients and all your shadows and your highlights just from black, grey through to white, and then just glaze it all blue because the the blue will, I mean, the shades and the highlights will automatically be there already so i think that was quite an interesting i haven't really toyed around with it it's, it's something that i was perhaps looking at doing for egrim's armor because I, I i wanted to do um like a like a screamer pink color but with like a, almost like that sort of not, not full-on non-metallic metal type armor but almost i mean we said before in the previous episodes about the way that a lot of people are doing space means these days, like quite high contrast armor, but not quite non-metallic metal style. Yeah. Um, where you see the sort of cylindrical highlights on the arms and stuff like that. Um, but with that pink, it's like, well, how do I do that without making it look like a blooming strawberry or making it look, do you know what I mean, without it making it look too cartoonish? And I thought perhaps if I did it with, you know, with a with a grey scale, scale colour, but then just then just built up the really thin glazes of screamer pink over the top of it. Yeah, it's actually something um, I've said about my. It's something I've said about my my deepkin army is that again, it's, yeah. it's basically all in grayscale. And I said to Chris on a couple of occasions, said, you know, the the reason why I did the army was numerous, but one of those was to engage in a conversation about the the idea of bunny ears concept armies. I said to be fair, yeah. I could probably sit there for an afternoon just chuck some glazes on the models and people suddenly would just consider it painted because that's exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be painting the colour over the top of the grayscale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know, and again that's you know, where I've probably either, you know, kind of had that conversation but not knowingly had it about the thing that I'm thinking about now. So it makes sense you sort of harken back to conversations where actually yeah, you sure. think, well actually we were talking about that then. It's just that we weren't talking about it in that context so yeah it's um it's interesting you know especially learn you know and, and learning more you know you sort of see people and i i you know and there's one thing that i learned with with tommy when i did the, the non-metallic stuff with him was he he very much oh, approached it the way yeah he, he he very much approached his sort of doing those blend doing blending like that like i would where you start with your mid-tone you put you like you know you you sort of block in where you want your brightest bits to be. You block in where you want your darkest bits to be, and then you blend between those two spaces so that you've got a, so you've got like um you've also got a guideline of where to blend to and where to shade to. Whereas you see some people that are, that do sort of high contrast on metallic metal stuff, where they'll sketch. Do you know what I mean it's sort of it'd be quite rough to begin with? Um, and it was sort of almost like speckly and and, and sometimes you know like with the stippling, you know, that that's become more and more popular, um, where stuff will be sketched in and then you use glazes to neaten it up almost. Um, so it's very it's, it's almost two two different ways of doing, you know, 
ending up with the same same results. So yeah, it's quite interesting to read about. And you know, when I've got five minutes, I'm in a fag, or you know, I'm having a puff from work, and I can get on another look at these. Uh, do you do you, in, do you, you can't can't help but use the gay terminology for smoking, can you? Well, puff, having a puff. Outside having a puff, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, any, any kind of, all right, okay, any downtime that I have in work, in my working life, um, you, know, if I, you know, if I'm not thinking about a hobby, then I'm certainly looking up these sort of little techniques. And, you know, I found it really helpful looking at, you know, it's a busty samurai, um, <laughs> but looking at, looking at techniques that actual canvas artists use when they're doing different things, you know, like like doing stuff in colours and then using glazes to get colour, you know, to introduce colour into sort of grayscale work they've done. And it's it's um it's all quite you know, it's all quite in depth stuff. But I think um I might make a, a point of going to a couple more there's a couple of um classes that people were doing. I think Andy Wardle's still got one that um that there's tickets for. And they, they can be quite expensive, though. You're sort of talking, yeah. You know, they're relatively expensive, you know, compared to going to a tournament. Do you know what I mean? They're, um, you know, can be can be quite a lot of money. So it's sort of getting that balance of, you know, trial and error, which I obviously I don't do enough of, which is something that, you know, perhaps I should do a bit more. You know, I know, you know, most people are self, you know, especially the older people, you know, that grew up in the hobby not in the digital age so far as, you know, YouTube videos and all the rest of it, you know, very much self-taught. So I think I, I need to go through that process myself a bit more and yeah, but I know, think practice you're, more, I guess. You are improving as a painter and you can see your dedication to getting things right, which is good. It's awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, to do a little segue there, unless there's anything else you wanted to wanted to add? No, no, I'm all good. I, uh, yeah, just uh, a shout-out to people that have already sorted. I'm... I'm, I'm uh, Hoarding slanesh swords. Yeah, hoarding <laughs> the the great swords that come with the uh, Greater Demon kit. I've actually, if um, if the two bros that said they were going to be sending them come through, I've actually managed to get. Um, and obviously, in addition, I got this, you know, the kipper kit myself, and managed to source five extra blades. So, uh, thanks. You know, I don't know if they listen to the podcast, but thank you to those that have helped out. So, yeah, happy days. Ace, fantastic. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention is kind of a, a bit of a one-off. Uh, it, now the Kickstarter for this has just finished, um, which is the um, basically it's Element Games. Uh, Byron is doing um, some dry brushes, so they're called Series D, um, which I love. I love Series D. I just assumed Dick, uh, but obviously it's D for dry brushing. Um, and the Kickstarter is finished now, so we're not really shouting out the Kickstarter, but we get asked about dry brushing loads and obviously I use makeup brushes. Everybody uses makeup brushes. They're fantastic. When these come on general release, which will be towards the end of the year, I've got one. I've been trying it out. I would really recommend it. Um, basically it gets a lot. They're a lot more hard wearing. They give you an awful lot more control. Um, they actually give you a lot softer. So sometimes even using the makeup brush, um, your, your brush can kind of degrade over time. You can get, little bit of clump of paint uh, the bristles aren't particularly high quality so you can you can just naturally end up with a bit of the you lose the softness and you get the streakiness whereas series d don't seem to have this and actually it comes with like a little little uh, wet pad 
so you dab your brush and it just keeps a little bit of moisture in your paintbrush because I don't know if you, you found this when you're doing dry brushing. Do you ever get to the point where you, you're brushing off your, your dry brush and you just get like um, dust? You can across that, you just get literally the paint just turns into dust, just dries completely and it just starts dropping off your, yeah, your dry brush. That. Yeah, so that's what you don't yeah. want. Because you don't want yeah. dry brush with that straight away because you're literally just putting powder on your model. It's not working. So it gets around that by having the brush. And that's the balance. You want a dry brush, but you don't want a bone dry brush because since bone dry, the paint dries out. It's one of the reasons why I don't think the, the GW dry paints, the dry brushing paints are very good. I find they dry out incredibly quickly. Um, so I actually find myself using airbrush paints quite a lot, which seems counterintuitive. But because it, they tend to just have the they're just they're, they're naturally thinner paints, but they still have a good pigment in them. So I, I find that they work really well for dry brushing. So once again, a shout out. So you can't do the Kickstarter now. They may well do some late pledges. Um, so it's Artist Opus Series D. Um, but I'm sure they'll be appearing on the Element Games website towards the end of this year and early next year. So do please go and check them out. Um, and then before I get into my hobby, we'll do a couple of the usual shout outs. So, um, as always, we're sponsored by Curtain Games. Um, you can get your regular uh, GW releases and any uh, anything else you fancy um, every single week. Um, the code PROPAINTED, all lower caps, uh, will give you an extra 5% off. I use it myself, so we've just had the release to do a little bundle. I had to do a few little bundles. And so the Slanesh was the book and the cards and the Fane and the Endless Spells. So all stuff you kind of want. You can get that at a discounted price and then you get your 5% off and you get free delivery because they do it over 30 quid. So go and check out Curtain Games, www.curtaingames.co.uk. Um, I don't really need to shout out their events because they're all pretty much sold out, which is awesome. So we've got a singles event on 27th of May, and which is their events going forward are all going to be fully painted, which is brilliant. So they've built their local community, which is, which is fantastic. And then we've also got another uh, team event later this year. Um, and then we've also got Mercia miniatures. Now I am watching these guys like a hawk, so I'm hoping to be able to sort myself out for some sweet stuff from them. But I've got so many army plans at the moment that the amount of Mercia stuff that appeals to me is absolutely insane. Um, now what I would say is do get yourself subscribed to their newsletters because they're regularly a good like a, a, a regular times throughout the year they're doing good deals on the monsters and they do kind of the metal stuff sometimes you get buy one get one free almost or buy one get one half price so if you want to pick up some of that awesome models go over to Mercian Miniatures sign up for their uh, their newsletter and you'll always be aware and follow them on Twitter as well follow us we'll always retweet it but give Mercian a follow and they're consistently putting out fantastic models and I kind of can't spoil it too much what I've been looking at but I think there might be some of their dragons in my future um, and definitely something I've been talking to Tim about, which only Tim will know if he listens to this. That's so a little bit cryptic, but hopefully I'll be able to reveal that a bit more later this year. Um, then finally, there's my my own little endeavour, which is Pro Painted Studios. Um, so just confirm this all goes into hand hands in hand with with South Coast GT. Is I am now doing. Um, custom engraved trophies and these are jade glass they are premium trophies um, we also do hip flasks as well in metal as uh, so in black which then engraved with metal uh, like a metal effect they've been super popular um, so we sponsored uh, South Coast GC's painting awards this year um, so it was super super awesome to do those for those guys so all you know exactly what you need on the trophy I can engrave it and also I know how expensive these things are and I want trophies 
you know, I want good quality trophies at tournaments. So I'm doing them a pretty bloody good price. So if you are running an event coming up and you want to talk to me about trophies, you can go on to propainterstudios.co.uk. First thing on there is the trophies. Click that. And actually, we've got prices up there. It gives you an idea if you want to buy some trophies with kind of the discount levels, depending on how many you're getting. So go and check those out. And we've got some super popular new products that have been up this month, which has been, sorry, last month, should I say. So we've got like a, a Vortex template, which uh, some Paul Buckler recommended, uh, uh, requested, which is basically a triangle, which is magnetized to each corner. So you put it down for that Vortex template. So you, you don't have to worry about putting a model down, measuring seven, then putting another one, and then measure, because they all have to be within equidistant seven inches away from each other. So I don't know if you guys saw that. I'll put that up. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, That's sorry, a good idea. It's only... Filthy skating players don't need that. <laughs> just shouldn't really be giving them any more gaming aids. They've got all the crutches they need, haven't they? Just use just for useful aid, isn't it? Um, yeah. so we've got the feck tokens up for example feck and slanesh uh, sorry feck and skaven feck and sword feck and slanesh yeah that's what exactly feck and slanesh um, fire slayers new version of slanesh new version of fire slayers will be up hopefully within a couple of days of this episode going out um, and we've got movement trays they're not there to be pushed really they're there kind of to fill, fill your cart up if you want to get some extra bits and bobs and get some free postage um, and one thing I wanted to reiterate because a lot of people have asked is everything on the website that we sell is well all the acrylic products we sell is assembled so it's pre-assembled and pre-cleaned so again some of the manufacturers when you receive something it needs better cleanup or you have to take backing off don't have to do that with ours you can literally get it the day before the event and take it to the tournament the next day don't have to do anything um, and everything can be customized so if you wanted to pick yourself up um, a corn set of the tokens but you need a duplicated tokens or there was something you didn't need to know just go onto the website uh, drop me a quick email contact details are on there and say look I want the corn set but can I knock these off and add these on get it all customised so you know I can do that quite freely just drop us an email um, the email's really easy it's just propanestudios at gmail.com in case you need it but yeah that's it for touting my, my little business um, what I might do is take a little break and then we'll get into my hobby because that will then flow into South Coast itself and then we'll wrap up. Nice. So back in a minute. Hi, dear. And we're back. So as promised, we'll <laughs> kind of... What was that? <laughs> uh, we're back. Uh. <laughs> um, I'll kind of get onto my hobby a bit. Um, I've been very busy again um which, which has been great um and happy to say that my my cadgets and grots are now nearing completion um so since i did the army um sky riggers um and engine riggers had a points change and they're actually now the same points um much much prefer engine riggers so i've had to reconvert my sky riggers to engine riggers and um for those who didn't know uh, one of the annoying things about them is that the the guns are in the opposite hands, so it's not like you can just chop the hands off and swap them over. They you can't because they're in different hands. Um, so I've completely reconverted my guys, which actually I've used like chains. I've actually put like orky chainsaws on the, on the bottom of some of the arms, and some kind of have like um, rusty blades. Um, and also I had to rush those a little bit for Realms at War last year. Um, so I've kind of upscaled those, kind of dulled the metal back down, added some highlights up. Um, and then I think you guys would have seen, I've shared that I've, I've finished doing the 
the rocket propulsion. Yeah, that's cool. How does the um, the rocket trail done? So it's something. It's um, it was Brad Glover who shared this with me because he's done it with a couple of his armies, particularly his his carriage on Skaven. Um, and basically, it's just a little bit of metal, put some super glue on it, and and it's um, foliage, like literally oh, ro- okay. railway foliage. You glue that on. Now, what he said to do is buy some cheap super glue and cover it in the cheap super glue. So I did that on the first one, and that was interesting because it, it's an exothermic reaction. So it's, it gets really hot and smokes. It's <laughs> quite an acrid substance. It wasn't. I was like, ah, oh, this really isn't good. So instead, what I did is what I've done in the past, where I've used PVA. So I used some Gorilla Glue, watered down a bit, painted that over it, let that dry. Nowhere near as hot as as, as tough with the super glue. So I undercoated them black first then put the super glue on and that seemed to really reduce that while at the same time making them rock solid and they are now they are like hard they're not soft at all and it also yeah. means that i was able to dry brush them so sweet i used my my series d to great effect um cracked that straight on so those boys are done that was really like a week's work just for reconverting those models so i really wanted them to to look good so i'm really happy with those um the next is I'm going to, I've got 10 more privateers, which is my Arconauts. They're just built at the moment. They need converting and all the, all the governments. And there's a couple of people have done kind of these grot, um, kind of the grot caradron. Um, and what I will say is I was the original. Um, but also my guys has quite, I've put quite a lot of work into them because they're, they're all converted but also I use like clock gear parts as well to make them a bit more steampunk. Yeah. Because they've got those elements all over they're them just, as well. They're, 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 they're not just head swaps that they can no. win, let's be honest. No. And uh, can I catch a, a slight aside on that as well? All you all you punks that are getting the new Kipper of Secrets <laughs> and mashing them up with Tyranid Morlocks or Marathi, check the Pro Painted Podcast, episode one, where I go through my, uh, my chaos... Uh, army idea i was here first boys you might, you might be you might do it first but i'll do it better yeah <laughs> fighting talk but you are right yeah. I, haven't, I haven't i haven't seen one that i i, I thought has worked particularly well um, well no i mean I, you know, mate, I, that's kind of a joke i mean it's all good and it's you know it's all good you know inspiration and competition all the rest of it and fair play to anyone it's not a it's not as if it's uh if it's you know it's, it's quite a classic sort of slaneshi you know um image isn't it of the sort of the the medusa type thing so uh you know fair play to anyone that wants to do it um but yeah going back to me um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah what so you, i'm happy it? to get those guys done i'm going to completely rebase the army um, i'm going to go with the desert theme instead so um chris so chris tomlin uh, back in the day he did a malifaux crew and got some different um, like miniature cacti to try out on his bases. So I hit him up to see which ones he liked the most, which is the Pegasus Miniatures Cacti. So I'm going to get some of those. I'm going to move away from the beach theme and go more as a desert because in WoW, Gadgetzan is in a desert next to the sea. Um, so I'm, I'm going to change all the basing, make that a bit more interesting. Um, so I've got 10 more privateers to do. And also I said not only do I do the clock parts, I have also sculpt like little like patches of metal rivets and things just to kind of break up the, the uniformity of the armor. Um, then it's the ironclad, which I'm going to 
rework. So at the moment, my own club's got a massive balloon, which is all custom and everything. And one of the things I struggled with is that a lot of people have done it differently, is how to... Like, I don't like the flight stand. Uh, I, I want something different. I want it to look right. And people have done kind of semi... It's attached to semi-docks or part of it is just touching a rock formation that it's flying by. Mine's very lazily just flying over like a, one of the old arcane ruins at the moment. So very basic. And what I've actually decided to do is, again, I'm going to go back to the boat and I'm going to upscale it. I want to reduce the amount of metal on there. So I'm going to redo the hull in red. Um, I'm going to have the boat instead. I'm going to have maybe four to six rod supports coming out from different areas of the hull. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to wrap green stuff around that to make rope. And then kind of pull that in the ground and then have models coming down and then standing at the rope at the bottom. So it looked like the boat stopped and the rappelling down or the rappelling. That sounds yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds like I mean, I know you, you mentioned it a couple of days ago and there, there's a couple of things. There's a, there's a couple of I, I was thinking about it and there was a couple of extra bits and bobs you could do on it just to. You know, you could perhaps have two of you know, you could have three or four of them on their way down to sort of either sort of corners. Actually, you know, that that would probably be enough if the rod was strong enough to it almost give that illusion of it not actually being held up by anything because yeah, the yeah. you know, because the, there's so much action going on that people don't actually clock the hang on, that's that's no. holding that up. That's not just dudes hanging off coming down you know yeah and that that's that's kind of the hope and what i might do is depends how much i mean i've got the time which i suppose is the important thing but it it'd be quite cool i think to do like a rope snapping and just have one guy just about just to go and just because i think yeah. that that break in the line where you can see the ropes just starting to sag a little bit and it's going yeah. and then you've got the straight bit coming down will, will work quite well um, then get more crew painted, and one of the other things I'm going to do as well is I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not quite sure what exactly I'm going to use yet. It may just be green stuff, but I'm going to do a, sh a kind of a final sheet, like blanket sheet over the top, break that down into segments so it all looks like it's stitched out of all sorts of different things. Leave that mostly blank, and then my major victories while playing games, I'll paint things on there to represent the army they've defeated. So it's kind of got this, it's almost like a tapestry, like a record of their their, their like notable victories. Um, so it's got quite nice to kind of get those little more narrative elements in there. Do you know what you could? I've got I've come up with an idea for that. Oh yeah. Uh, how are you gonna? How are you gonna make the the, the tapestry itself? Probably just green stuff. Yeah. Nice rock out could, sheet of green stuff. If you if you if you somehow incorporated that like maybe have like a almost like a tin foil backer to it. Yeah. Um, you could you could almost do um, trophies as and when you're going through it that you could then, if you embed a small magnet into them, it's almost like, um, you know, like, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know when you see kids and they've like collected the little badges that they stuck on their crocs? Yeah. Like, it's like little sort of like, or, or like um, the pin badges you see on American waiters and waitresses that have like the, on their lanyard or on their their um, braces that have all these different pin badges, all the different like beers and whatever. It could be like that. You could have all these little things like you could pre-make them like Stormcast and Ideneth and that and then you could just magnetise, like, have them like 
stuck onto them. And you could do that throughout the battle. That'd be cool, depending on who you're playing. Mm. Yeah, I like my. Sounds like too much hard work, doesn't it? No, no, I just like my idea more. What would be um, quite good to use instead of green stuff? Would be you know, have you seen the old school banners were made out of the like the foil from from wine around? Uh, yes, around, around um, I was going to say, yeah, either um, open puree tubes or around the wine bottle necks. Mm. It's quite thick and solid. That might be easier rather than green stuff. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. That's not a bad shout. The only tricky thing is getting the divides. So I suppose you can cut it up and then thread just, the green just, stuff through, maybe. Little bits of rope. Yeah, just score it. You shouldn't yeah. be you shouldn't be able to mark it with a pen, sharp pencil. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I actually like that idea. I might give that a go. Thanks for that. That was that was, that was worth mentioning. Thank you. Um, oh, well, like Ian's, like Ian's looming things, didn't you? Don't like yeah, mine with the magnets. No, no. magnets. You, you related it to scouts, so it's like, um, and then <laughs> so, so it's, and then I'm going to finish finish off by doing my prime, uh, which I've said before is get anyone who's played Warcraft and uh, will come across something. It's a goblin shredder. So this big mechanical suit with a buzz saw and I'll, I'll do like a like a rocket on his shoulder to represent the uh, the, the, the uh, what's it called the, the scepter the comet strike scepter he's got. So that'll be my final tour de force. You know, Bellacore level awesomeness. Um, and everyone will praise me for it. You know and. GW will want me to oh. go into White Dwarf and all that stuff. That'd be cool. Um, <laughs> oh, um, you've been a bit mean. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, so that's that. And then I've got my daughters. I've got to paint 20 witch elves this month for the campaign, leaving me just Marathi to do. So that'll be my Templar set daughters done. I mean, that's not that massively exciting. Um, and then I've got about seven other, I think about six or seven destruction armies planned at the moment, all, ba- all based around WoW. Um, which I'm, I'm I'm super super keen to get cracking on with. So there's in one of the, like the most recent well the last expansion they did, actually the last expansion before that God a couple of expansions ago they did for WoW basically had like all the orc clans came together and I want to do like different destruction armies for each of the clans. So you've got ones like you've got like the Warsong clan and they're all like wolf riders. Um, so I was thinking of doing like Bragoth's Beast Hammer and having like um. Mornfang, but have them as ogres, uh, like orky ogres on wolves, and then do boar boys on wolves and kind of have those boys. Like the Shadow Moon clan are like warlocks, and they summon shadow demons, kind of doing like a zinch army. Then you've got the dragon moor who all drive dragons, so do like a triple moor crusher list. Um, so I've got like all these ideas spinning around in my head that I want to do, and they all just in my head just seem amazing on the board. And then in addition to all that, I've got this idea of doing a Slanesh army, but doing it as the Illidari, which is... Do you know who Illidan is? The Demon Hunters? No. 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 They're basically like these elves who are partially committed to... They basically... They give parts of their their, their soul away to get the powers of, of demonic powers, so that demonic elves... And their weapons are like glaives, so they've got like massive like glaives they use on their arms, and they've got like these massive like extended horns and everything. Oh, they look they look awesome. And I've got this idea of doing this Slanesh army that's based on that. So like using uh, Magnus as a as a conversion for a kipper and turn him into Illidan, who's like this big wings demon and stuff. He's got they, they they don't have any eyes. Well their eyes are burned out, so they all have like bandanas over their eyes. 
blindfolded. Oh, nice. It's not bandanas. Mm. I was just thinking, oh, that'd be quite cool. Then I was thinking of doing a court of Slanesh. Like, <laughs> this is a perfect time of doing a court of Slanesh, right? We've got the Slanesh, you've got Slanesh's out, we've got Daughters are out, and you're like, uh, that literally could be the, that's the perfect crossover army. Like, one. Do you know, I, I've, I've got a little theory, right? And I, I mentioned it on the uh, Slanesh WhatsApp group that I'm on. But I reckon it's one of the reasons why there's no mortals in the new Slanesh book is that when the um, Slanesh, because Slanesh hasn't been really, you know, hasn't been freed yet. No. So you've, you know, he's there or it's there replacing its chains to look like he's, he's a thingy, but he's just tricking Tyrion and Teclis into thinking that he's still chained up. I think you'll have another, like, to coincide with the elf release and that whole storyline, you might have, like, um, a, a big mortal Slanesh release that might encompass some of the old, um, uh, what is it, the Cult of Slanesh stuff that they did in, in, uh, in the old, in, in the old world. Interesting. Interesting, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's crossed, because that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah potentially. But it's, it's food for thought, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like all, all, all my ideas at the moment. I want to do like a, I've got like a, gene, a small gene steal a cult army. I want to do that in like a cyberpunk thing. I've got some like the war color paints. They do like a fluorescent green and stuff. So I've got a fluorescent green and orange to try out. Really should probably get a purple, I guess, or a pink for that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been hobbying away at. Um, and then uh, also one of my big hobby commitments is going to be um, I, I'm ordering a, a 3D printer. Um, so a lot of recommendations on those. So I might even get two, because I might get, for those who, who don't know, basically 3D printing, there's two different kinds of 3D printing. And it would be a really interesting topic, I think, to talk about kind of supplementary in the future. So you've got what's called FDM printing, and that's that's the much cheaper one, where it's literally like a big hot glue gun. So you load it up, and it, it's, it squirts out in layers uh, the plastic. Um and I've got a lot. I've now got to the point where I've got a lot of good recommendations from people about the machine to use. Um, you have to get like certain settings and everything, but you can get these for like less than two hundred quid now. And the materials, like the the spools, you get a kilogram of this material for fifteen to twenty quid, and you can produce like forty to forty to eighty pound resin buildings, like terrain, um, with FDM printers for like five ten quid in comparable terms yes. so you can you can make your money back pretty quick for me it's always been the quality is the, is, is the biggest issue but it seems if you can get the settings right and people have really started to nail the settings down on these machines that terrain it looks great miniatures waste of time like, i wouldn't do miniatures with it at all terrain though really seems to be a thing so one thing i'd like to do is i like to make some really cool custom terrain um, so that's what uh, a 3D printer will allow me to do and, you know, godsend for display boards, right? If you want to add something awesome on there. Um, yeah. And you've got websites like Thingiverse, which is people just design stuff and upload it for free, download it, you print it. So that's like the cheaper option. That's, that's what the FDM um, kind of printing side. Um, then there's resin printers. Now, again, they've really come down in price and you can get um, you can get a resin printer now for just under 400 quid. Um, and what they do is it's really cool to watch. It's like it does it upside down. So you have like a little pool of resin at the bottom. And this bill plate starts in there 
and it fires and it fires either lasers or it fires an image into the um, resin and cures it in little layers and it draws it up out of this pool of resin. And that is the one where you get the quality. So the stuff that people can produce on that stuff is awesome. Problem is, resin is expensive. So in comparison, it's quite expensive. Uh, and also it smells. Now, smells not an issue because I've got a hobby room. I can deal with that and go out the window. But what it will allow me to do is, and it's, it's just silly stuff. Like if I'm doing, you can, you can go into World of Warcraft and find a helmet you like and pull it off as a 3D model or get someone to do it for you and then just print it and put it on your Citadel miniatures. Or... Yeah, cause isn't it... Um, I was looking at, I think, is it Shapeways? Shapeways, yeah. Yeah, so you can... Like, there's people upload, like you said, the, you can, there's like a big community thing in there that you can they upload. And I was trying to find someone that had done... Um, it's quite good for, like, upscaling stuff, like, especially for conversions. Um I was thinking of seeing if I could scan Archeon's Slayer of Kings, but then and then have it the same thing, just printed like twice the size, so I could use it for the Bellacore conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just things like that, isn't it? That would, you know, make doing convert. You know, you're not doing it to like you said, print. You know, to print models to save yourself money. It's just all the extra bits and bobs that would be so much cooler. If you think oh, I could do with a bit like that, then yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's things like I've always said I want to do a lizard, like a Seraphon army, and there's been this running joke of everything's got the last name Dom. So we've got our friend Dom. His name's Dom. So it used to use lizard men. So it's Terra Doms, Razor Doms, and it really appeals to me the idea of getting his head 3D printed <laughs> and raising a whole Seraphon army with his face. <laughs> I think will be hilarious. Now, but, you know, well, well, um, well, aren't they supposed to be like the manifestations of the Slans' dreams? You could almost flip no, the narrative. No, that... no, that's gone. That's that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Isn't it? No, it's alien. It? They're aliens. No, they're no. not. They're not a dream. They're not. They're not. They're not dreams. The Slans on like, oh, I remember all these things. They're literally on spaceships and they're teleported down. Oh, really? So, yeah. but was it, uh, did they sort of explain that away as if? Like that's from the human perspective. That's what they thought was happening. Yeah, they they see it as magic because they don't understand the technology. Right, oh, that's quite cool. So when like, was that changed? It wasn't changed. Yes. It just the way always... the way that the seraphon were put across is that that's what was happening. That they were they were they were materializing. Yeah. And of course, people read it and went, "Oh, the the slans just conjuring them into place." But it. But it wasn't. It's they're literally being teleported down by the spaceships, and they've even got more recent fluff where where they where they talk about the interiors of the spaceships, and they're like, you know, when you read like the the forty k books, and they've got like the Imperial Guard regiments on the battleships. They've got like the the the, the area, the deck, uh, the area, the the ship where that's their training grounds, and they they build all these different environments in it, and they kind of mess around with the gravity and everything. So it's the same thing with the Lizardman ships. They've got like the whole area is like. A jungle. Jungle. And then they've got, like, the next part of the ship is, like, the spawning pools and stuff. So it's just tech. So it's, oh, awesome. Which is why I, I like the idea of doing a Seraphon army and doing getting a slan. And, you know, you get, like, the control console from the uh, catacomb command barge from the Necrons. Right? <laughs> yeah. Get him sat in front of that. He's got a little teleporter control. And just pay, like, have, him in a, have him in a gold shirt with a little, with a little logo and have all the skinks running around in, uh, in red shirts. And then you, you get all the different like levels of stuff. Just it'd just be like a Star Trek army, just just running around <laughs> Star Trek dinosaur army. That'd be quite funny, but it's silly. 
Wow. Um, so yeah, 3D printing something. So I think I'm probably going to start off with an FDM printer um, and then kind of look to get a resin one. The resin one really excites me because I think as a, like a hobbyist, you can do those element, elements for miniatures. I think you can do some really amazing stuff. Um, so yeah. So, cool. so sounds, sounds like your, um, your juices, creative and otherwise, have been well and truly flowing over the last oh, um, fortnight or so. You're proper on... You know, it's normally me going on about wacky stuff, but you, uh, you seem to be uh, well, well, all over it, mate. At the moment, yeah, which is well, cool. just, I'm cracking on. I mean, I'm over 240 models and pieces of terrain done so far this year. I've done. A... Someone's got to make up for Ian's unenthusiastic uh, approach at the moment. So, you know. yeah, between us, we're one normal person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's valid. But look, I've got a whole—I painted a whole Blood Angel army now. I started that just before Christmas. I've got over 100 power levels of that done. Um, I've got more Stormcast to add to my Hammers of Sigma. So, yeah, and, I've been, and I love Star Wars Legion as well. So I've been painting up loads of that, and I've got virtually all the releases painted up for the Rebels. Um, yeah, it's really kept me busy. Awesome. Um, so that's more my, my army plans. And then what I want to do is just kind of cover a, um, a little bit in depth uh, South Coast GT. So I don't think there's probably anybody listening to this that isn't aware of what South Coast GT is. Um, but it's it's probably, well, it has consistently been one of the largest tournaments in the UK. Um, the last couple of years, unfortunately, it's been a couple of clashes. Um, they've tried things a little bit different with the tournament packs. And I think there's been a kind of a, a little bit of a little bit of a kind of burn back from from the community from it i think last year it was ran at the same time as one of the gw kind of warhammer fest events um but jen my wife she loves south coast it's her favorite event and i kind of understand it it's it's got a real why you're there because there's so many people it's a good venue easy to get to uh, hotels not far there's a real communal aspect there like and i always find i run out of time talking to people um, and it's quite a prestigious uh, event to win, uh, both from the painting and the hobby side. Sorry, from the painting and the gaming side, because um, it's six games. The only other event really that I know of that do six games standard is the GW Finals. Um, so it's been running every year. This year, I think they're really up to the bar. I think they kind of looked to go, what could we, what 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 extra could we improve? So they, in the past, South Coast has always been bring your own terrain. So this year, they got in contact with Ben Curry over at Bad Dice. So we had full mats on all the tables, which not only is it a much nicer play experience, I think there's nothing nicer than playing on mats, like proper gaming mats, because like I like Warhammer World, but the Realm of Battle boards are just shit. They're, just, they're not nice to play on slidey model syndrome they're really noisy when you roll dice and you don't realize how much sound those mats absorb like with them down this year like it was it was i i didn't lose my voice at all it was amazing so there's all these people 120 people i think this year and the the noise was was brilliant like i hadn't realized how much the just gaming mats absorb so much um and then Ben Curry was providing all the terrain as well, so he didn't have to worry about bringing terrain, which was ace. Um, ticket price barely went up. Um, food was really well organised both days, which, which was great. It was open really early and open really late, um, which has been a, a gripe in the past. And um, we were we were looking up well, Pro Paint Studios. We were asked to sponsor the painting trophies, um, so I did. 
So I not, I I did those for them in both the the main painting trovers where they do one two three um, best army and they do coolest army and they also have like, a painting competition they do in the evenings which is basically like best monster best open uh, best individual category. Um, so South Coast itself this year it was actually on my it was Jen's birthday on the Sunday and um, so it's a shame you guys weren't there because we um, we booked curry um, for sixteen of us mostly the local lads so that that was great so curry house just down the road from uh, the travel lodge uh which went down really well so i think we're actually going to do that again next year so if you guys rock up next year you should come along for the curry yeah um so as you expect six games um two thousand points match play um to make it as easy as possible they they pre-selected they basically said if we play in these realms these are the rules you'll use so it's all nicely laid out um and it was really good to see like there were some brilliant armies there this weekend uh, that weekend um as a hobbyist perspective it was really good to see uh, and one army i spent some particular time kind of looking at like, there was two but one more than most is just chap uh, well uh, guy by the name of tim tim pierce so last year he he took a wanderer army which is very nice but it was literally wanderers so it was just loads of just 25 mil infantry all nicely painted but i don't know if it was a it was a perfect example of it an army just not shining because it was just all flat it was all the same kind of infantry i don't know if you've seen that you guys have seen that kind of army before and that stood out to you which one was that well no just just in general where you've just got an army where it's nicely painted but it, it doesn't really have a wow factor because it's all just the, the same kind of units so you imagine like a wanderer army you've got some eternal guard you've got some characters you've got some archers you've got some glade guard but it's all yeah, very need all different height yeah. didn't you yeah. um so it was i wouldn't say it was overlooked um at all but it didn't get a nomination i think he felt quite disappointed because he put a lot of work in so um at the time um he asked us he had a bit of a chat with me he had a bit of a chat with russ and he came back this year and Wow, did he, he, Tim has upped his game. So I'm going to get um, a blog post up on the website for you guys to have a look at these photos as well. So he came with a Stormcast army and uh, phenomenal. Really, really, really good. It was almost like a, you know, with the GW models, when you see them in the cabinets at Warhammer World, there's a, they're, they're very tidy they're very the details are very clear very crisp very well defined and he kind of done that and almost taken an extra step and really made all the highlights pop um and he had a lot of elements he had a toral on in there um he had um i think it was full my no no dracolines he had some dracolines the usual infantry even had an encounter on the dais and on the dais itself he painted all the different schools of magic symbols on it it looked really, really nice. So that was really great specifically to see Tim's army and for him to take on board this feedback and bring a, a genuinely amazing army. Really, really should be super. And I think Tim listens as well, so kudos. He's really, 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 really good. Um, Do you guys see any photos of that one? I did share them on, on Twitter. It was quite popular. Which um, chamber was it? It's the... I can never remember. They're, they're the... It's the red... It's the dark. It's the it's the dark red um, and gold trim and kind of white shoulder pads. I can't think what yeah, they are. Yeah, that's going to do my head in. I'm trying to think, but 
beer. Anyway, I've, I've wanked him off enough. It was really, really nice. Really, really <laughs> nice. Um, and also, it was great to see Ian Hannum again. Um, so he brought Stormcast last year. He had the Hunter-themed ones with the, the snow bases. Really, really nice. And he's brought his Iron Jaws and the f- fucking brilliant. Um, so these are the two people that I, I made a kind of conscious effort to see their army. So Ian's army's just lovely. It's I'd love to see it next to yours, Ian, because he's done some great conversions. He's painted extra like freehand details all over the place. And the one thing that really strikes me, his Moor Crusher... He's added, you know, on the, you know, on the, like the Stonehorn kit and the Thundertusk kit. I don't know if you remember, yeah. but on, you know, you've got the, you've got, you've got the seat the riders sit on, and you've got the horns that come up the back, and it's, you know, you, yeah. you, you stick on all those, like it's, it's almost like fishing lines with all the trophies hanging off and all the bones and the skulls and everything. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The ones, you, the ones you never see because no fucker a can be bothered to glue them on and b actually paint them because you it's it's like space marines when you've got to glue go here's all the grenades and pistols you can attach to your model and people who actually paint the models go uh no because they're just going to take even longer to paint so people just don't bother using them so he'd actually attach that he'd actually put all these trophies and everything on the back of his more crusher and just those little details it was so good to see um and he had like yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got the, picture, I've got the Twitter account up now. I'm actually looking as we, as you're going through them. Um, like he's got the, the, um, the cogs and stuff as well, isn't he? That he's, so he's converted the cogs. He's taken. Yeah. So he's orcified them a bit. He's taken the, the beastman herdstone just as a piece of terrain and turned it more yeah. into like an effigy. Yeah, yeah. Which with the glowing brilliant. eyes and stuff, looks cool. Uh, he's raised like he's got his, his weird non-shavens. Like, you know, he's got the the magical effect coming out of this staff. He's basically worked that all the way around the model and kind of got him levitating slightly. Yeah, um, that's good. And a lot of the brutes I... are converted. Um, so he's got like a guy with a jagged gore hacker uh, kind of like pointing as well. So all these little things that you don't... If you didn't know the Iron Jaws range that well, you probably wouldn't see the conversions because they're that well done. But yeah. if you know, you can really, really appreciate it. Really nice. Yeah, um, really, really good. Really so like that. They were kind of my <laughs> particular highlights. Um, then you had Wildman came back with his um, his yellow demons. So kind of these yellow demons that come with the black spots and everything. And it expanded that into a really nice Archeon. Um, the only thing that kind of got me with his army slightly is... Things like the Blood Reavers, he'd kind of done this this black spotting on on the tattoos. But I'm one of, I'm a stickler for details not being painted. So if you've got a really like if your Archeon's spot on and it was bang on, really, really nice. But I'm looking at the Blood Reavers and like like the piercings and things through the skin were all still were all still a, a skin colour. They weren't painted. So right. was, that was just as a bit of feedback to him. Um that's that's kind of yeah. stands out to me. But his army's you know, with that centerpiece and, and a bloodthirster as well, and that kind of scheme really, really striking. Um, there, was, there was one bit, and I, and I know he's he's not, um, you know, he hasn't, he's been he's been really helpful with me actually, you know, especially with um, giving me feedback on Bellacor and stuff. So I know you won't mind a, a bit of just feedback on his army. It's stunning, and, and again, it's uh, I think we said it before when when you know he. He, he unveiled it on the south coast a couple of years ago, wasn't it? When he had the 
the horrors that were that sort of the off white through to the the black and yeah, and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but the only one thing, and again, it's just the detail. I like it. Maybe it's just the look he was going for. But the the fingers on the membranes of the bloodthirster and Archeon yeah, aren't painted in. Do you know what I mean? They're just they're part of the blend of the whole yeah. membrane, which you know maybe the look he was going for. But again, it was just something that. It just because uh, I've been painting the you know, sort of big wings for a long time, something that I sort of noticed. I think it would, it would be it'd lend wings. itself. Yeah, it, I think it would lend. You know, it would, uh, just define those gradients. And you know, like when Byron was saying about having things that break up a blend. Yes, yeah, you know, absolutely. when he gave his, you know, and I, I, and it's not. I think it would make the model. It's not saying, oh, you, you haven't done this, lazy. I think it'd, it'd make the model look that much better because you just haven't got that big progressive blend across such a big area it would just break it up a bit and you know, give it a bit more um so do you know what i mean like, yeah it would, tr- it would trick the eye to smooth the blend yeah yeah and it'd look i yeah. think it'd, it'd look even more striking because it looks i mean it you know you see it a mile off anyway given the colors the palette that he's used but i just think having that in such a big model um i think that would just make it look that much better do you know what i mean it already looks really cool so it's just it would, it would give it that extra pop you know yeah um and those kind of there were some of the obvious that stood out for me um ben savile was up for nomination uh, uh, consistently has been um with his daughter's army so it's great to see that in the flesh again uh, ben johnson sorry ben curry was up with his daughters um i think daughters is one of those armies if you get it painted it, it always looks really striking and it comes across really well he's done a good job on that uh, there was a great kind of black uh, black red and kind of bone um, and the bone was like non-metallic metal, um, kind of demon, demonic kind of corn army. Terry was up there with his his, his Nurgle, and it was great to see that everything was um, kind of all up to standard as well, all really, really good. Everything from his spell portals right down to his Bike Kings, which I know when I'd seen him last, he hadn't quite finished those. So ace to see all that done. Um, then we had the likes of Paul. I think it's Marshley. Marshall, Marshally. Um, I think he actually won Best Army at the Heats this past weekend, which was amazing. Well done. Um, but he had his Deepkin Army, where they're all raining uh, water effect waves and things. People love that. They really, really got a lot, really, really got an awful lot of praise. Um, and there was yeah, like, I think he won, he won, he won Heat too, didn't he? I yeah, think. yeah. I thought that was the case. Um, so those, those look ace. Really good display board as well. Uh, someone else had a really nice. Um, corn army uh like standard like what uh, stand so red uh but like all the weapons were blue which i really liked um we get on to someone else i really liked in a minute which was um which was one of our, our club buddies but jimbo's up there with sylvan f which always looks great um alistair who i think listens to the podcast um it's a great to see him up there with his gloom spike gits because i know he's been working on them forever yeah tony kirby was up there with um pestilence um and our our club mate dave fulbrook his nurgle army which i really like and i was so glad he got a nomination because it tends to get looked over and it was quite interesting because i just speak to russ about it that nurgle armies is one of those where the models are so nice that you can wash them and drive and do quick techniques and they'll look great from a distance so what was happening almost with his army is you could look at it and go, oh, yeah, that looks great, but it's a Nurgle army. But when you sat down and actually looked at it, it's so you saw well the painted. actual work, yeah. Really, really nice. he's, he's a fellow Ian. He's a box art wanker. It looks really, really great. Um, and then we had Chris. I mean, props to Chris. But, again, he put a lot of 
time into the army but his order Shaconis also got a nomination so that's the, that's these three drakes and his dragon princes really like yeah. his basing his basing almost feels like like a, a central american states kind of slightly ready rocks and you know you know indiana jones and the last crusade you yeah. know the bit where he's a kid yeah. it kind of feels like that nevada yeah a bit like, um, like west worldy yeah yeah um, yeah great 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 job on the Badlands. Yeah, yeah. So everything pops. Base is really nice. Color scheme. It it's not a hundred percent my my bag, but I do like it. I think for me the reds. I, I'm not a big fan of when reds go to orange. That sounds a bit weird. I like I like dark doctor light reds opposed to reds that go to an orange. That's purely a personal preference. I think his army's great. Um, then finally, obviously, we were lucky enough to see. The progress. I mean, the, I think there were some more, but I didn't quite catch them. Um, one thing I will say is props to Tony Moore, who we've mentioned before. He brought his display board with his feck army and everything. It looked great. Like, for somebody who that's never been a thing for them, you know, they went to events. I mean, Tony is, when I played him, Tony's the best. I, th- I feel like he's the, probably the best AOS player I've ever played. I felt like he was doing amazing things in game. He did everything that I always didn't want him to do. And pull some tricks on me that I didn't expect, and uh, for him to be from, he, you know, he, he self-confessed. The painting, the hobby side, was never really a thing for him. He's got a full display board. He's got a whole army painted. You know, it's in kind of a inverted commas kind of concept scheme, but it looks great. So it was really, really good to see that in the flesh. Um, and finally, we had Paul Buckler, who's been working on a Seraphon display board for, I, I want to say a while, but actually it's not really been in the grand scheme of things. It hasn't. Um, so he basically built this great big uh, kind of triangle um, cross section of on top kind of a jungle scene. Uh, with like these converted bastilodons, which are based on the corn demon prints, with bastilodon bits onto their mental, um, and then underground like all these spawning chambers. Um, so, for example, there's a spawning chamber uh, like a pool, like skinks walking out of it and going into one of the spell portals, and then one of the bastilodons up top's got a spell portal, and the skink, the other half of the skink coming out of that. So, all these little touches look great. Uh, lights in there, kind of had a laser beam and an explosion on the top. Don't know what that was shooting, but it was just blowing some random shit up, I guess. Um, it looked great. I mean, he was a shoe in for Coolest straight away, and he'd put the work in. So that that was awesome. Um, it, just just to give you guys, just give listeners an idea of, I mean, obviously the, the pictures are out there, and he, he has done a, an and amazing do a blog, job with it. I'll do a blog post so people can look at this while listening as well. Yeah, just to, just to, just to show, give an example and put into context how much of a machine this guy is i think he started that display board and pretty much a lot of aspects of that army the same time i started painting my chiric acolyte shields i painted 10 shields like about a th- one third of 20 chiric acolytes and started the gaunt summoner and he's done he's got a one south coast gp coolest army there you go. With this, this amazing multi-layered display board that someone like it looks like something that Bish would have would come up with. It's that good, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, fair play to him. Um, yeah, and then uh, painting was 120 players, so plenty of ranking points here. So third place was Mark Wildman um, with his. He was using as a corn, so it's interesting seeing how his army used to be Zinch. Now it's corn. So he's all painted the same colour schemes. Uh, second was Tim uh, with that Stormcast army, and first uh, Ian in with the um, Ian Ham in, in first place with the with the iron jaws um and for me um 
that was the that was that was a really good, like it was, I think they're well deserving. I, I personally would have just popped our our club mate Dave into third place personally because I just think consistency wise nails it all across the board. But obviously that's personal preference. Um, but yeah, Ian he was he was my he was my favourite as well. Tim in second, spot on. Um, and then Paul unsurprisingly walked away with coolest. So. My goal Congratulations failed. everyone. Yeah, so well done to all those guys. Um, yeah. All well deserved. Um, I completely failed because I was going for another trophy this year, either gaming or sports. Didn't get either. Uh, Chris actually walked away with sports, which was awesome from him. Um, I had a bit of a stickler with the gaming this year. It was a bit of a shame. Um, just my games felt quite bloated uh, and had some really bad really bad matchups and bad scenarios. Uh, I was using my Deepkin, uh, which I, I added more to. So I'd done like a Night Encounter and a Comet and a Maelstrom and painted a Soul Scryer and 10 more Namati uh, Reavers for the, in the run-up to the event, but didn't quite click. So I think my year of gaming, I'm probably going to take my foot off the gas because... I'm not quite enjoying it as much, so I want to play a little bit more light-hearted. I want to get the drawn on the board, get my gadgets and grots out. So that's I think that's my plan going forward is to you know get get those guys out, kind of relax a little bit with the gaming, and just kind of let my hair down, well, let my beard down, and enjoy it a bit more. We'll just get back into. I think, um, and I, I don't want to you know sort of speak on behalf of you, but I think you you it, it seems like you're. Although you said you wanted to, sort of 2019, you wanted to uh, try your arm a, a bit more into the gaming side of things, but you certainly seem, you know, with all the the, the massive hobby info dump that you did a minute ago, with all the ideas that you're coming up with, it, it certainly says to me at least uh, where you're sort of you're you're probably more comfortable naturally in as far as what part of the hobby you gravitate more towards. You know, I think the problem is I. I... It's that age old thing as I do both. Like I want a nice army and a cool themed army that does well on the board as well. And it's 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 a tricky one to change because things do constantly change. But but that's it. I, you know, I've said to myself, look, just ease off. I still want to like compete. Um, I still think the Caradron are, are interesting on the board. They're not going to win events, but they they can cock block. Um, you know, the Feck armies and the Skaven and the Slanesh. And I've got a little bit of a I've got another army just up my sleeve that I might rock out later this year. So we'll see about that. Oh, a little interesting. Bit, a little bit of a special, because I think it's very good in the current environment. But, but nah. we'll see. But yeah, cool, so, cool. so I mean, South Coast, again, 2019, fantastic event. Genuinely a real blast. I think we all came, everyone came away in high spirits. Um, can't, can't fault it being run. Um, everything was everything was spot on. So you know, really massive massive props to you know Russ and Dan and Wayne. I know Brian Carmichael was heavily involved this year. Again, shout out to Ben Curry of Bad Dice um, for kind of helping provide all that alongside us. So yeah, I mean, if you're running yeah. any, and what I will say, if you're running any big events in the future, get in contact with us. You know, whether it's via the podcast or we we I have been contacted in the past saying, would you be interested to come up and do kind of maybe do the paint judging we'll give you a free ticket for the event and stuff and obviously people approach from the studio side to you know maybe look at doing sponsorship for things don't hesitate to reach out you know we're always available you two aren't really doing events but um you know i'm trying to do as many as possible so i always try and make myself available 2020 is going to be my year 20 yeah i think think 2020 be a good year i think it'll be a good year yeah 
And uh, also, it's, I, Jen got three wins. Oh, awesome. I was going to say, how did she well get on? Yeah. That's awesome. She was only a couple of places below oh. me. Um, I also only got three wins as well because I'm shit at Warmer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, so I'm so glad there's a new Silver Nef book coming because the, probably the wankiest thing. And like, the guy I played was fine. I had no issue at all. We had, we had a good game. We both knew what was going on. But probably the wankiest thing that's ever happened in a game of AOS happened to me. So on the right hand side of the board, I've got my my objective. I'm protecting. So I've got two units of ten Namati Reavers. So they're the archers. They're sat there. They're protecting this objective. And they're facing off against a tree lord and 20 dryads and, uh, and a mage, uh, a, a branch witch. And so I'll send some thralls round to detract the tree lord, pull him away from their objective. I'm like, okay, these, my, th- my, my reavers are good at shooting. They can, they can do a number on some 20 dryads. So what happens is he summons a wood between his 20 dryads, my objective and my reavers. He then runs his 20, 20 dryads into the wood. And I didn't know you could do this. He then moved the wood with the models in it. It's a spell within range to contest my objective because it's within six inches. Now, what happened was my reavers can't see him because it's a fucking citadel wood. So they can't shoot him. And I don't want to commit into combat because the dryads are better than me in combat. So we literally, for like four, three, four turns of the game, we just had these 20 reavers sat in front of a wood, not doing anything, and 20 dryads sat in a moving wood on my objective, not doing anything. It was the wankiest thing I've ever seen in AOS. Yeah. Surfing dryads. Sounds great. Yeah. That book can't come quick enough. Yeah, yeah. I've played Sylvan I've played a couple of times in tournaments, and I still have no idea what they actually do. And the irony is, I think some of the Sylvaner players I play don't know either, because mm. and it's not their fault. I mean, I don't want to bash Sylvaner, but there's there's I think it's about six different mechanics for putting woods on the board. You can summon it from something, yeah. get them from an artifact. Lariel can turn one into anyway. New Sylvaner coming, hurrah! Um, hopefully that'll streamline them. But that's it. I've, I've finished on a silver Neth bash. Anything you, you lads want to add before we tutor off? No, just um, it'd be, it's nice to hear everyone getting, you know, even with uh, Ian Pootling along with doing bits and bobs. It's uh, it's great to see everyone still, you know, enthused with the with the hobby in one form or another. So that's uh, yeah, we won't have to. I, I I bet we won't have to probably wait and wait as long for the next episode because we'll uh, we'll be cracking on with our projects. So yeah, happy days. Like, like we said before, like with in in the period we're in, you know, to be fair, I mean, other than a, a lot of the main podcasts aren't aren't putting out content like, like that regularly. I mean, Facehammer's smashing it with the the Battle Tomb reviews and everything, which is ace. Um, but you know, we're doing we're doing an episode a month, which. You know that's that was standard podcasting back in the day. I remember Healing Hammer is because it was it was times where it was bi-monthly. You know they were doing an episode every two months, so we're doing an episode a month. That's what matters to me. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get our head together in a couple of weeks. Uh, it'd be quite cool to maybe kind of talk about a little bit of 3D printing. I've got it by then. Kind of share share a bit of expertise with people. Um, the May Bank Holiday. I'm planning to get the YouTube channel up. Um, so there should be some inter- interesting content coming up on there. But yeah, if you want, if you want to check us out, um, hit us up on Twitter um, or on Facebook, all the usual places, and Instagram. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's it. That's everything I've got to add. Any, anything? Any final words from you, ladies? No, I'm all good. No. Uh, thanks for listening, and speak to you soon. Yeah. All right. No. 
Right. Nothing for me. Thanks, everybody. Bye. My, my sexy listeners. Bye. Bye.